Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Well, welcome back to another episode. I am the real Jason Duncan. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chelsea Pites, who is, as we're going to find out in the show, um, a brand new entrepreneur, all things considered. Of course, she's been in real estate for a long time, but she just launched her entrepreneurial career and admits on the show that she really never thought of herself as an entrepreneur until lately, which is an interesting, interesting and also uh, refreshingly honest perspective, because I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs are as entrepreneurs consider ourselves entrepreneurs and we're actually not. So let me talk about Chelsea. Let me introduce who she is. She's an internationally recognized real estate keynote speaker. Uh, her superpower, she describes it, is breaking down complex concepts into actionable, easy to execute social media strategies. And so she's been teaching the real estate community for over seven years about how to engage with their audience and the potential clients using social media. She became a licensed real estate back in 2001, BF, as she calls it, before Facebook. And uh, the old fashioned way of doing real estate, she did for years and years and years. But then, as you're going to hear in the show, she became aware of how social media and its growth and birth of Facebook and Snapchat and, of course, eventually Instagram and TikTok, how that was engaging with our potential clients and how we could leverage that to our benefit. So she's not a licensed real estate agent anymore. She's a full-time social media content coach. And for over two years, she's been producing a podcast called The Voice of Social Sales, which I happen to be a guest on not too long ago. So you can go look that up on any podcast player, The Voice of Social Sales. And she launched her first book called Talking and Pictures, which was the title came from a quote by the founder of Snapchat. In uh, 2020, in 2020, she released her second book, What to Post how to engage, how to create engaging content that builds your brand and gets results. And that has become a number one bestseller in six different categories. She is married to her husband, Brian. They have a little boy named Mason and she's a rescue dog mama, as she says to as many chihuahuas as possible. And her favorite thing to do is wine tasting and Napa. But you're going to hear her talking today about how social media works and what it means to post comments over content. So please help me welcome Chelsea Pites to the root of all success. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. I know today is going to be an excellent show. We're really excited. Lots of energy, lots of content. I'm ready to dive in. Well, you were so kind to have me on your show, The Voice of Social Sales podcast, not too long ago. We had a great conversation uh, on your show. So today, tables are turned. It's time for me to ask you the questions. Um, so one of the questions I like to ask to get uh, my guests started on the show is what, like when you got started as an entrepreneur, I know real estate's kind of your thing. The background of your life is in real estate, 
But um, how did why did you make that decision to go into business for yourself as a real estate agent? I never considered myself an entrepreneur until a year ago, to be very honest. Yes, I was a real estate professional and I, in fact, was a business owner, an entrepreneur and never even thought of myself as such until this last year when I truly launched my own company. And it was the best decision I ever made. As many of the people who have been on your show most likely (laughs) confirm It was terrifying and amazing. And I've learned more in the last year than I ever thought would be possible. And I will tell you, I will never, ever go back. I will never not be an entrepreneur from here on out. So I've actually just considered myself a new entrepreneur. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. And I I appreciate the transparency because I think a lot of people get on this show, uh, not on this show, but like a lot of people who are seen as entrepreneurs are not technically or really entrepreneurs and, but they still embrace the uh, the mystery around the entrepreneurship, but you're honest enough. So, you know, I didn't really become one till lately. So uh, what, what entrepreneurship does to people like you and me is that it ruins us for employment. Like I could never go back and work for some, I would be a terrible employee and uh, <laughs> you're never going to go back yes. either. Yes, I can totally relate to that. Um, and I think that I didn't really consider myself an, on- an a true entrepreneur. I'm air quoting that because I didn't have the mindset. And and now I feel like that's part of what being a successful entrepreneur is for me is having the mindset that yes, in fact, I am an entrepreneur. I am a business. I am a brand. And I know we're going to be getting into the show about what I consider success and what does that look like as an entrepreneur. And I think that's definitely what I was lacking then is I didn't have the mindset that I was and am a CEO and running an actual business and having a personal brand. And I think that's what we're going to talk a lot about today is how many people feel like they don't have a personal brand or they don't have a unique story to tell or they have a boring job or a boring life. And so we'll talk about that um, as we get into to the content as well. So yeah, I think mindset kind of held me back. And now I'm, I'm all in on this mindset. So what do you, what do you, what is it? What's the mindset shift from employee or independent contractor in real estate to entrepreneur? What is that shift in your opinion? I think the shift for me was um, specifically this, and I'm not sure how to articulate it, but I think you'll know what I'm talking about. And hopefully the listeners will too, that I, I, I felt, I feel now running my own company and doing what I do because you and I are both educators by nature. And that's when I I didn't realize I had such a passion for teaching and a specific way of doing it until I started doing this. And while I had no idea where this was going to end up or how successful it was going to be when I decided to go down this path, what I did realize is that it was a flow state for me. And I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This feels so good to me. And I couldn't put my finger on why I didn't have that feeling when I was an employee. I was a very happy employee. I loved working for my company. And it wasn't until I started down this path that I really, really felt that internal flow of this this is what I should have been doing the whole time. Do you think that mindset 
a mindset shift for you happened before you made the decision to go out and start your own company? Or was it a result of the decision? It was, I think, a confirmation, a result of that decision. I didn't know. I just knew that I had this energetic feeling that I needed and wanted and had to do more. And I think that I let that fear, those limiting beliefs that many of us have just in general, thinking about, well, what if I don't have all the answers? What if I make a mistake? What if I don't know what I'm doing? What if I announce that I'm starting this company and it fails <laughs> and everybody sees it? So I had, of course, those human limiting beliefs. And at some point, the, the scales tip to where I said, I am still going to do this. I want to do this for me. And I'm willing to experience some of those things. It's worth it for me. So once I got into being an entrepreneur and experiencing it, that's when I had this confirmation of this is the right place for me. And you don't realize until you leave something sometimes that you weren't as happy as you thought you were, or you weren't experiencing that joy as much as you thought you were. And you don't realize that there's so much more that you could be gifting to the world as well. So I would say you're right. It, it happened after for me and it really confirmed I'd made the right decision, did the right thing. And I'm super happy I did. Well, we all welcome you open hands to the club of entrepreneurship. We're Thank glad you. that you're here. We need wonderfully smart, powerful, amazing women like you to join the ranks of entrepreneurship all over the world. I think one of the things you said as you were talking reminded me of the song and the statement, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I think it was a Cinderella song from the eighties or nineties, but it, it's based on a true statement, a cliche. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And, and generally speaking, that's seen as a um, kind of a remorse. Hey, oh, you know, I had something great and it's not here anymore. But I think what you just explained is the opposite of that. It's like, you don't know what you had and you don't know how bad it was. And, and bad's a relative term, of course. You don't know how bad it was until it's gone. So for instance, if you have a rock in your shoe and you've walked with a rock in your shoe for the last 20 miles and you're used to it, you take the rock out. You're like, oh, wow, this is so much better without the rock in my shoe. And for you moving from or from employee to entrepreneur, you're like, whoa, I like the job, but I didn't realize how much better it was on this side of the aisle. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize that I could perform at an even higher level and enjoy what I was doing. And, and let me be very clear, as you know, there's not all joy and rainbows when you're creating your first year of entrepreneurship or even your 10th year. There was a lot of stuff that I learned and a lot of expenses that I incurred. And there was a lot of headaches and a lot of hair pulling and thinking, oh, my gosh, did I make this right decision? And every single time I asked myself that, it was a 100% heck yes, I made the right decision. So I, I love it. I love this journey. I'm looking forward to 2023 is my best year yet. And my, I probably do say that every year is that my next year is going to be my best year yet. But I'm a big believer in uh, positivity and affirmations and visioning and manifesting. And, and I'm having a really fun time. And I'm enjoying stretching myself farther than I thought I could go. And, and looking back, since we're at the end of the year now, it's pretty amazing to look back because we forget we're in it day to day. Wow. I really, I did that. I started with nothing. I had no website. <laughs> I had literally nothing, no website, no assistant, no courses. And I look back and think, wow, I did that. I have all of that now. 
And it's a lot when you're first looking at it. But I think an important part of it too is remembering and looking and forcing yourself to write down those wins, no matter how small or how large, so that you can continue to say, you've got this, you did this, you can do this. Well, I know that I know that you do a podcast, of course, I was, I was a guest on your show, the voice of social sales podcast. I, I would encourage you to do this if you haven't. I, I'm doing mine today. I'm doing a year in review podcast, a single just me. I'm not having anybody on. And what I've done to prepare for that does everything you were just referring to about you don't realize how much you've done, how much you've accomplished, what happened. And so I went through and I've been all morning until you got on the show all morning. I've been going through and writing down notable achievements, uh, events that I went to, people that I met, um, uh, speaking engagements that I had, books that I read. And then I also wrote down the crappy stuff that happened, like ne- negative <laughs> negative events that happened, like how much money I lost on this one dumb decision or something. I, I would encourage you to do that too. And then share that with your audience. I don't know how my audience is going to take it because I'm recording it today and it's going to come out, uh, I think the last show of the year, it's going to come out. But um, you, you might I be surprised at how idea. much more you realize how far you've come in this first year of entrepreneurship. I love it. I'm going to do that. Thank you for that incredible idea. And even if you don't have a podcast and you're listening to this, you can still do this exercise. And it's pretty awesome when you do. (laughs) So I love that. Great. I can't wait to listen for that episode. So tell me this. So you have been, you were in real estate since, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, since 01 before Facebook BF, right? So you're out Mm -hmm. there uh, hustling and grinding, selling houses the old way in the buy a home magazines that you'd pick up at the grocery store. You remember those? Oh, yes. (laughs) I I sure do. I used to, as a kid, I loved getting those. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, all these houses. Like a magazine. (laughs) I would just flip through like a magazine. Oh, this one's pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I remember this. (laughs) But at some point, at some point, you made a conscious decision to embrace Snapchat, you know, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, as a, as a means to get clients and, and and make your business as a real estate agent better. Do you remember uh, what, what kind of motivated you to do that? Why you made that decision? You know, I'm, I was trying to think about this the other day, exactly why did I start using Snapchat? Now, a lot of people are like, Snapchat, why would you do that? Well, you have to remember that was before anything else that TikTok didn't exist. There were no stories. People weren't doing, there was no live video. There was YouTube and then there was basically Facebook and Instagram, but they were pictures and and status updates. And so this thing came out and I remember people thought it was either scandalous, like, well, what kind of content are you posting that's disappearing? Well, you're talking to strangers. I mean, why would you want to do that? And um, I don't remember now why I got on it. But what happened when I did was literally life changing and business changing. I ended up talking to other human beings that I didn't know. And not just talking to them, I felt like I knew them. I felt like I had some behind the scenes insight into their lives. And I thought, honestly, it was odd that I was talking to people that I'd never met before and feeling as though I truly knew them. And from there, we ended up having a group meeting. There was 20 of us who, by the way, still talk every single day. This is eight years, nine years later. And um, it was incredible. And so it made me go down this path of exploring the true science between the screen to screen phenomenon, how our brains connect with other people's faces, how we use technology to be human. And I'm so glad that I did because it led me to what I'm doing today. 
I'm going to, I'm holding this up. This will notify my editors that we're making, there's a mistake. Um, just so you know, the way uh, that um, Riverside does things is it's recording mm -hmm. in a cache on your computer and on mine. So right, right now your video just went completely away. And so oh, that's weird. Up, yeah. Well, because some, somehow your video feed is not coming through live very good, but it's mm. recording in the highest quality possible. So I'm not worried about it, but I'm going to turn on low data mode for all, for both of us, which means you, okay. my video probably just went away. I don't yeah, know that's okay. Or not. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question in just a second to follow up with what you just said, but I do this okay. just so that my editor knows visually all good. You know, something happened and she's, she's looking at it and I'm going to clap so that she knows sees the spike. All right. So Chelsea, how did the science behind understanding how people connect digitally? Like you said, you started discovering that. Did you read books on it? Did you listen to a podcast? Did you go to an event? How did you become aware of the science behind how we connect on digital, digital tech? So my background before I became a real estate agent, I was planning on being a therapist, believe it or not. I got my degree in clinical psychology and I was always fascinated by psychology in general. And one thing led to another. And like many people who end up in real estate, I did not ever plan to become a realtor, but that's where I, I ended up and really enjoyed it. And so I've always been fascinated by neuroscience, product psychology, connection, etc. And so I really did look as far and wide as I possibly could for anything about this camera on your phone and making real human connections. And there really wasn't much. Now, what I did find is of course, the science of how our brain reacts to other people's faces. And it is built in innate. We have two pieces of our brain that are dedicated only to facial recognition. That's how important it is. And so I started to think about why do I feel like I know these people after talking to them or consuming their content every day on my phone for a couple of weeks or months? And truly what I discovered is that it's the brain science of faces. And I say faces take you places and it doesn't know that I'm seeing your face through a screen. The same neurons fire in exactly the same way as if you are standing right here in front of me in the same room. And so it accelerates trust and familiarity. And I thought, hmm, that's an interesting concept. Could we use this to truly become more human through technology? And this was before all of the other socials. This was before having to use Zoom. And so it used to be a pretty hard sell for me. And it got much easier after people started using Zoom and FaceTime and Teams routinely. And now we have Instagram stories and live and everything else in between. It, I, I'm also fascinated by neuroscience. And as a, as a former school teacher, a lot of my training in my master's program was about brain science and how we teach and how people learn. But what I have not, what I didn't know, you just shared with me about how the brain does facial recognition and how we connect with people. I, it, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't know that. And I think that that is an interesting perspective on why social media is so popular and why we like it. And, um, well, so you got on, was Snapchat your first social media or face, which was the first social media you got on? I, yeah. I mean, I had all the things I had Facebook, I had Instagram, but I was by no means someone that was using it avidly. And I got on Snapchat and you have to remember too, because we forget because it's so commonplace now. This was the first time that you opened up 
a social media app and there was no feed. It literally opened to the camera. And that was very, very new. And so you were forced, if you wanted to communicate, you were forced to make content. And generally speaking, you were probably recording yourself and your voice and talking to your phone. And what was really interesting is that the co-founder of Snapchat uh, had this really impactful quote. And I ended up titling my first book after this quote. And he said, you know, parents look at their kids and they wonder why they're taking 10,000 pictures of random things all day long. And what they don't realize is they're not preserving memories. They're talking. And I was like, yes, we are talking in pictures. And that's the name of my first book. And it's really, truly, I think, still very relevant that we are communicating through content and we are creating communities and communication. And when you have your face and you your brand, your voice in the content, you will be able to accelerate this feeling of like no trust of familiarity and actually build real relationships that will then lead to business. And so it is fascinating. Our brain cannot help it two very large dedicated parts of our brains that if you were to damage them, you would actually have facial blindness. You would not know that you were looking at a face or who it belonged to. That's how critical this part of our brain is. And, and we can't turn it off. And so we might as well leverage that to build a more human connection with other people as they're seeing our content at scale, totally for free, maybe even while you're sleeping. That uh, so so you talk about the brain and, and I could I'm, I'm really fascinated, as I said, about about brain science. But you mentioned something uh, a moment ago about how you do positive affirmations, manifestations. Um, tell me a little bit about that, because I, I'm curious, because I I think I know what that means and how it applies to what I participate in practice every day. But I'm interested to know what Chelsea Pites does for <laughs> positive affirmations and manifestations. What, what does that mean and where does that come from? Because I know this has something to do with the brain. So I want to see what you say. Oh, absolutely. I am a f absolute fanatic when it comes to affirmations. And I will, I don't remember where I got this idea. If I heard it somewhere, if I read it somewhere, probably. So I'm not taking credit for this idea because I know it's been around for a while. But lately, I've been talking to people about it and they're like, I never thought of that. So I want to share it. I, of course, read affirmations, say affirmations. I like to meditate. I Well, I like to tell myself I like to meditate. It's a work in progress. I listen to affirmations. And then this one small tweak was a game changer for me. And what I decided to do was take out my phone, open up my voice notes, and record my own voice saying the affirmations. And for some reason, that super small change made a huge impact. And I only do it for five minutes. It's actually like a little bit less than six minutes. And I pull it out every day. And on my way to the gym, I play it or wherever I'm at, short to the point, my voice, and it's just something about hearing myself say it to me is what made a drastic difference more so than me writing it, reading it, even me saying it out loud, it was hearing my own voice was massively impactful for me. And so yes, I do all kinds of affirmations in all varieties, shapes, sizes and formats. And my favorite happens to be the voice notes and my voice telling myself those affirmations. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 
Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody, and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if it was a video? And the video had a little GIF and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it. And it had your name. Like it said, hello, Jason, check this out. And then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window. And it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are, or how awesome they can help you, how, how good they can help you out. That is the power of video emails. I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last, I don't know, six years or so using Dub. And you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B. Therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the Zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions. They add the relevant hashtags. And they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today. And 
and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Are these affirmations, uh, do, you, do you consider them auto-suggestions? Is that, is, that, is that where that comes from? Um, mine are very specific, extraordinarily specific about where I am going, what I have accomplished in a variety of different areas of my life, my family, my health, my mental health, my business. And I speak the affirmations as if they are already, you know, have happened or happening. And so I'm very specific and detailed in those affirmations, no matter if I'm writing them or reading them or saying them, but they're usually ones that I've personally have created. Okay. So I, I so I've got five auto suggestions that I read every single day that come from Napoleon nice. Hill. Uh, think and grow rich. And I, so I was wondering where that came from. Cause one of, one of mine is I say, I know that the, through the power of auto suggestion, that any desire I persistently hold in my mind will eventually seek an expression through some practical means of obtaining the object back of it. So I know that the things that we repeat constantly as in our minds will eventually become reality. And it's not magic. That's just the way our, our brains are built by God. They, he, he lets us what we focus on ends up growing. And so if you're focused on positive things, you're going to have positive life. You focus on negative things, you're going to have negative life. So I'm fascinating stuff, Chelsea. I, I'm glad to hear that you do that. And I want to encourage the listeners to take the note uh, uh, of what you said about doing the voice notes. I don't do that, but I, I'm probably should. That's a, that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, for me, it was about, um, I find that the affirmations work even better for me when I can get into the emotion part of it. And that is a little bit challenging for me. And so something about the voice and me hearing it, and I'm not monotone, I'm actually talking like this, where my tone and I'm excited and you can hear my voice, right? I love that. And that makes a big difference for me. And not to get again back into the brain, <laughs> but I did a little bit of research all, also on auditory. I mean, these are very human. When we hear a human's voice, that is a human element. When we see a human being's face. So all of these things are playing a part in how we're connecting with your personal brand, whether it's your body language, your tone, how fast you're speaking, facial expressions. And that's what I work with a lot when coaching on being more comfortable or camera confident on video, because that's a whole different recorded self that often we see in here. And that's why we have this cognitive dissonance of, wait a minute, that's me. I know that that's me on that video, but it, still doesn't just feel or sound like me. And then it creates this really uncomfortable experience. And then you don't want to do it again. And then you just don't want to make videos. So yes, um, I think that thinking about how we are, you know, genetically wired to connect with people and communicate, communication is hugely powerful. I'm not an expert in communication. I am a student of communication. And I love the brain science of, of social media and how we can use it to connect. So let's talk about your second book that came out in 2020. Number one bestseller in six different categories. 
what to post, how to create engaging content that builds your brand and gets results. So what, what is that book about other than the absolute obvious? Cause your title is very clear, but what's that book about? That book was about content anxiety and how to reduce it. And that was the number one question that I got. That is still the, the frustration, the two frustrations that I hear over and over and over again. It doesn't matter how long somebody's been in business or, you know, if they are already using social media or not. The two things that come up again and again is how do I get better at creating video content or content that's about me or with me in it? And then the next question I get is, well, what do I say? What do I post? What do I, what do I actually create that is going to generate relationships and trust and business. So the big question is always, what the heck do I do? <laughs> what do I post on these social platforms? And so I decided to write out what in my mind made sense as far as different steps and prompts to start creating more content that was actually going to generate relationships and trust and not just posting content to post content because you think you should, or it needs to be uh beautifully aesthetic and a graphic from Canva, which I love with a logo and, and those frustrations of I'm posting stuff. Why isn't it working? Like I thought it was, or I was hoping it was going to. So yes, I decided to answer the number one question I got. And that's what I do. And you know, my full time gig is I am a video content coach, I help people find their story inside of themselves and share it in a way that showcases personality and perspective and connects with somebody through a screen. So you've been pretty successful at this. You've got a lot of clients, a lot of people's Instagrams are, are uh, growing and blowing up because of the coaching that you do. What do you think the key is to being successful on let's use Instagram specifically, because that seems to kind of be the, the number one thing right there right now, but what do you think is the key to success on Instagram? I think that the key to success is really mindset. And I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear that or maybe weren't expecting to hear that from a social media video coach. And it really truly is mindset because the number one problem that people approach me with is they say, listen, I've come to classes. I've gone to conferences. I've even hired coaches. I've hired a social media team and I'm frustrated because I am not getting results like I thought I was going to get results. Or maybe there's some colleague that they know and they're absolutely getting clients and, and referrals from social media. And they're like, what am I doing wrong? I thought if I was consistent and I showed up and I posted stuff that it eventually was going to work and I'm getting discouraged. And so almost always it's 99.99% the number one reason that you're frustrated with social media is likely because you're showing up differently online in a digital environment than you would ever think about showing up offline. And I think it's important to give some, some examples because I know people are thinking, what, what are you talking about showing up online versus offline? So I would love to share some examples if that's okay with you so that the audience has a really good grip on what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, th I think we should do that because at this point, you know, it would be interesting for the listeners, I think, to go. Let's do a little more tactical than I would normally do on a, a podcast because my tactical stuff I do on my live webinar series, the Entrepreneur Master Series, which 
little shameless plug. TheRealJasonDuncan.com slash EMS. You can register for those. Those are completely free. You do those twice a month. But let's go tactical, Chelsea, on the Instagram. I love that you said that mindset is the biggest problem or actually the biggest key to success, which is also the biggest problem. But let's get tactical. What are things that we can do as Instagram users and content creators that will give us a bigger range of impact on the platform? So to go back to the online versus offline, because this is a little bit of a challenging concept, especially if you are not a full-time content creator or coach like I am. And let me explain what I mean by this. When we are creating content with ourselves in it, and for these in examples, I'm going to speak about real estate humans or real estate and mortgage humans. Okay. So if you're a realtor, if you're a mortgage expert and you're creating content and you're frustrated because it's not getting the results, i.e. meaning you're not getting more communication, people are not reaching out to you and people are not saying, I want to do business with you. When I diagnose what's going on with the content, I see that people are showing up differently online versus offline. And here's some examples. And one of the things that I hear all the time is, yeah, so um, I don't have time to make video content all the time. I'm not a full-time content creator. Yeah, no, I sell houses. I help people build generational wealth. And I also help people buy their first home. Absolutely. I do not want you to spend all of your time creating content. There is a way to be strategic about it. And they say, well, listen, I'm wondering, can I just outsource this? I have, you know, my 17-year-old my niece or nephew is really great at TikTok. They're going to make the videos for me. And I just think I'm going to outsource this. Okay. That idea of being able to show up and outsource your personal brand online, that's something that's very commonly accepted because we think, oh, it's, it's not real life. But what would you do in the offline physical world? So that's my one question for everything. What would you do in the physical world? Okay. So if I have my kiddos baseball practice on Fridays and I just don't feel like going and I call my neighbor and say, Hey, would you mind going to the baseball game? Just go ahead. And I sit over here in the stands. My kiddo, every time he's going to hit, he's going to look over there. And I just want you to stand up and get so excited and say, Mason, mom's not here, but she's thinking about you, babe. How would that land with him? You can't outsource you. You can't outsource your perspective and your personality. And by the way, that is the only original content on the planet. All real estate content has been done. All mortgage content has been done. You can talk about those topics as long as you in inject your personality and perspective, which are the only ways to create original content. So yes, you can outsource a lot of things. You can be efficient. I love that. I love automation. I have an assistant. And there are certain things you cannot outsource, nor would you ever attempt to outsource in the physical world, like showing up to your kiddo's sporting event or showing up to that meeting with your big client. So that's an example of how we let those limiting beliefs of, oh, this is social media, this is digital, doing things that we would never do offline that we do quite often online. And that's the change in the mindset. And when you start showing up the same way, then you start to see it really working. Great example about the uh, baseball game. That's a, that's a, that's a very good analogy that I can see in my brain and how ridiculous it looks. So how do we, how do, how does a busy professional wade into the, uh, the world of social media content who, uses the example or the excuse that they they don't have time. 
and they, they don't want to outsource it. They know they need to do it themselves, but they don't have time. What would you, what are some tips you would give them? Yeah, we love that limiting belief. I mean, I love it personally about the gym. <laughs> I'm so busy. I just don't have time to go to the gym. And I know that I have to go. I really wish that I could outsource that part of it. Um, and just like anything else in life, if it's something that's important to your business, again, that mindset, this is part of my prospecting. This is part of my marketing. And by the way, social media is a vehicle, not a destination. Everything works. Quote unquote, traditional marketing works. If you want to cold call or door knock or mail, amazing. If you're focusing on that, it's going to work. So where I'm not saying that social media is the end all be all or that it's better than being in the same room with the person. It's not. Ultimately, we want to be there. But what I can tell you is that when I make one video, one 30 second video, and I'm looking at the camera and I'm making eye contact like I'm making right now with this camera, I can have my community members and people who are not in my community that have no idea who I am. I can connect with them and serve them at scale for free while I'm sleeping. And that is really, really powerful. So you have to build in the time. And when I say time, 10 minutes a day on a weekday, it could be less than that. And I want you to start with engagement, not creating content. I know, kind of shocking. The socials don't need any more of your content. They have oodles of content. They need your connection and conversation. So I always say commenting more than contenting. And I know. I'm a content coach. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but yes, commenting over contenting. It's an easy way to remember it. You know, you and I talked about that pre-show. Com, uh, com, uh, com, <laughs> comment over content. Um, yes. Nobody, not one single person, not one of all the people that I've engaged, hired, paid money to, to help me with my social media platform. Nobody ever has said that. Why do you think nobody's talking about that? Well, I appreciate that nobody has said that because I consider myself the anti-social media <laughs> teacher. I teach in a very different perspective. And I think because I'm human first, social media second, technology second. And so I look at the product psychology. I look at the neuroscience. I look at the holistic approach to how do we leverage this to be more human than we possibly can. So I do have a very different perspective. So the reason that I say, you know, let's focus on less contenting and more commenting is one, it's a massive area of stress for the everyday content creator. I have content stress and I do it for a living. So the idea of like, oh my gosh, now I have to be a content creator and I don't know what to say. That has a whole layer of stress. But what we do know how to say is we know how to talk to people and be nice to people. Now, let me give you a little background about why this matters to the actual platforms. You probably haven't even noticed, but I actually spend more time now maybe direct messaging with people than I used to via text. And it's no coincidence. These products are training us to have easy access to people we know and people we don't know. Think about 22 years ago when I was a realtor. I had to call you. You had to answer. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I had to email you and you, you had to actually open the email and respond. I don't need any of that information now. I don't need to mail you anything with a stamp. I don't need to call you and say, Jason, have you moved in the last two years? I'm updating my database. I can just send you a direct message on any platform for free, no matter where you live. 
And I don't have to have your contact information. It's a massive opportunity in, in ways to connect and reach other people. So that I wish I had 22 years ago. But think about how, what these platforms are really after. They're after your attention and your investment. They know if you invest your time into this platform and you're starting conversations with people that you're going to have to actually go back in there to retrieve their response, right? And their major competitor isn't TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn or each other. It's your phone and your email. And they want to become everything. Why? Because the more I send Jason a message in the direct message, the more one, I have to go back to retrieve it. And guess what? You are going to get a notification from me that says I sent you a message and then you're going to come back into the platform. And so then guess what? The, the platform says, oh, wow, Chelsea's a good community member. She's using this as a communication tool. She's actually bringing people back to the platform. We love that. Let's reward that and make sure that not only this person that she's talking to proactively sees all of her future content. Remind me to, to come back to that, Jason. Future content. But we should show more of her content to other people because she's such a good community member. That's what they're looking for is we want to be a communication tool. That's why it's free. You don't have to pay to text someone or call someone in any country, right? So it's free. It's easy. You don't need someone's phone number, their email. They're wanting to us to use these as communication platforms. They have plenty of content. And I love that it's a communication platform because that is how I like to use it to actually have real connection relationships and communications with other human beings versus just posting content and having no conversations. Do you think that Instagram is going to um, come up with some sort of method of doing groups kind of like Facebook does or LinkedIn? They actually groups? have just announced it. And I believe really? they announced it yesterday. It might've been the day before. And uh, the CEO of Instagram just announced uh, that they were doing several tests and rolling out some new features. And I can't remember if this was a test or an actual rollout, but it's group profiles. And the idea behind this is to keep people from having to share passwords or if there's multiple people that are um, creating content for one profile. So let's, for example, in the real estate world, let's say you're a, a team or a brokerage and you have multiple people. Well, it was pretty hard to have one person manage the account and then, you know, everybody else had to log in or send them their content. So now you're going to be able to have a group profile where multiple people can be added like you would have sort of a group admin and be able to post to that one account. So it's not going to exactly be like groups, but that is their solution to groups like on Facebook. Hmm. I'll have to look that up. That's interesting because, you know, for, for example, I, I've, I've got a group on LinkedIn. It's brand new. I just started it called the 10 hour entrepreneur and it's for clients and students who want to become 10 hour entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, my coaches are telling me to set up on Facebook, but I absolutely abhor Facebook. I hate it. I, I, that's, I hate that company, but that's, that's my own personal Facebook rant. Facebook is, groups is the only thing on Facebook that is and I, like and I hate it. It, it's so hard to I use. get it. 
I get it's it. It's so hard to use. I'm a part of a mastermind group that that has a Facebook group that I have to go in, and every every flipping time I have to get in there, I can't find where it is. I can't, I, I hate it. You know, that's my own personal thing. So I set up a LinkedIn group, but I but I communicate with my clients using the Signal app. It's like WhatsApp, but it's it's better. Um, but, but I think it would be really cool if, as you're saying, if Instagram gave us the ability to do groups, I could go and put all my mastermind members into a group on Instagram and let's just chat there. And, and that would be our form of communication because they're all on Instagram. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, many of my clients found me through Instagram. They heard me on a podcast, like on your podcast, for example, they heard me and then reached out to me. So Instagram for me is a great tool of getting me in front of people. So I love that. Now you told me to me- remind you to mention future content. So what's, what does that mean? Yes. What does future content mean? Yes. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because when I focus in on how to revive your engagement, oh my gosh, what's not, what's gone wrong? Why aren't my accounts working? I always say, let's stop posting content or at least stop focusing that uh, as your number one. And let's start looking at your engagement. And just for the reasons that we talked about, because I know how how these platforms work. And personally, I love the idea of posting less content and talking to people because guess what? You don't need a script. You don't need to edit. You don't need to think of what to say. You can be a nice human and notice that somebody has posted something on their story or maybe it's their birthday and you're making a quick message or a video message that says, guess what? Happy birthday. Hope you have an incredible day. You didn't need a script for that, right? And here's the beautiful thing about sending a quick video message to someone you already like, know, and trust. I actually just made a video about this. So I want to be clear. Sending video direct messages is a massively great way to build your influence and connection and algorithm algorithm on these platforms. But I, I want to just be very clear that it's not sending random people a video that you made that says, happy birthday, hope you have a great day. You're not mentioning their name. You made it for anyone that had a birthday that day and you're shooting it out to as many people as possible. Friends, that's for you, not for them. Because you want to say, I got my engagement done today. I was smart about it, efficient. I made one video and sent it out to 10 people. We are about creating unforgettable experiences with your brand in a very them focused way. So you're going to take a video, you're going to say happy birthday, Jason, and something specific about them. It's 10 second video, and you're going to send it through a direct message. Why do I care if you send it through a direct message and not text or email? I love text messages and email videos. But there's a reason I want you to send it through direct message because it works for your future content. Here's how it does that. When I send you a direct message, maybe it is, let's pretend your birthday, you get it, you look at it. Okay, great. It lets me know that you saw it. You're probably going to say thanks at least, or maybe double heart it and let me know that you saw it. Great. Okay. And we go on our way. And then the next time that I post something that's not for you, Jason, it's for the community at large. The algorithm is going to remember that you and I were talking and it's going to say, you know what? We predict that these two people might want to see more of each other's content. Let's resort their feeds and make sure that when Chelsea posts something for the world to see, that's not a birthday message for Jason specifically. Jason needs to see that. Yes, please. I love that. Now, if I send you an email or a text message with that video, it's still a very nice gesture and you get the message. However, There's no little alarm that goes off on your phone that sends you another text message to say, hey, Chelsea just posted something on Instagram. You should go see it. So I like the direct message 
uh, feature because that is primarily what the algorithm is looking at to determine what content you should see in the future. And it wants to give you a good experience. So the people you're talking to and engaging with, even if it's proactive from me to you, your feed will be resorted so that you will see my content in the future. We love that. It's called working harder. <laughs> I mean, working smarter and not harder because the algorithm is going to do that for you. So That's I genius. love that. Absolutely. It will work. And it's a, it's, it's much more fun than creating a graphic. <laughs> all right. So, so we all need to be doing, doing the DMS. We need to get in there and DM people and comment and watch stories, like stories, comment on stories. Um, I have a question though. And, and, and this will, this may be my last tactical question of the show, but Scheduling tools like mm -hmm. Buffer or Hootsuite or Planable. Um, yes or no? What do you think? I think scheduling is a very smart efficiency mindset. Truly, I need to get better at doing more efficient things like that. What I will tell you is that a lot of people who ask the question about scheduling are missing the very important part of how the platforms work. And you can schedule out 30 days, uh, six months worth of content. And if you don't go into those platforms and you don't proactively engage, your content is not going to get the ROI that you're hoping for. It is not just a content machine. It's a communication machine. So a lot of people do a set it and forget it and think I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to have them make these graphics and I'm going to have them schedule them out for 30 days and I'm going to wait for the, the transactions to roll in and then it doesn't happen because you're not engaging with people. And so it is a great way to streamline, to save yourself some time, especially if you have someone on your team who is taking the content with you in it, your voice, personality, and perspective, and posting that for you. There's nothing that shows it's going to uh, give you a negative algorithm or anything like that. Thank goodness, Instagram is now scheduling inside of the app. So you don't even have to pay for a separate uh, paid system. However, if you want to post to say everything, then you are going to need a paid system like uh, Loomly or an Agora Pulse, but you don't have to. And uh, if you are going to use a scheduler, don't forget that you can outsource being human. And that's where the magic happens in social media. You know, what's interesting about that is you're saying that um, it doesn't hurt the algorithm. Like I, I was, I was told that, Hey, if you schedule, you know, they're going to see that you're scheduling with a tool and that's not what they want. They want you to be in there. But, but what you're saying and the whole theme of this show from a tactical standpoint is it's comments over content. So the content, they're okay with you scheduling from an algorithm standpoint, but that doesn't fix things. You still have to get in there and interact. So that actually gives me some comfort and relief knowing that, well, maybe I could just go in and schedule for the next couple of weeks, but but then in my downtime, I'm still in there commenting, DMing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not having to create and post each, each day. That's, that's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. Anxiety for you. Thank you. So let me ask you this question as we kind of wrap things up today. The name of the show is the root of all success. So what do you think is the key to your success, Chelsea? The key to my success is that I am a forever student. 
I am a forever student. I am passionate about learning. I find that many uh, people who are educators continue to want to and need to learn. And I invest in my learning. I invest in courses. I invest in coaching. So I think for me, the success is that mindset of being a continual student always learning and investing the majority of my funds that I invest into my business, I invest in me as the asset. And when I find that flow state, and I know that it feels right, um, for me, my flow state is when I'm learning, I get excited about it. I was just talking with my husband about it. And I said, I'm going to sign up for this new course. And he said, you know what, every time you talk about learning, you light up. I'm like, it is my it is my fire. I love it. And so you do have to have some area of whatever it is. They told me I needed a hobby. I still don't have a hobby. My hobby is learning. Um, but I think that being an eternal student and having a mindset of how can I continue to learn? How can I continue to invest in myself? How can I make myself better so that when I am pouring into if you have a, a team on your operation, for me, it's pouring into my clients that I am able to continue to evolve. That's another thing is that I, I, all of my clients, I'm like, you are, you should be evolving. I'm never going to stop at a point because I'm evolving as a human being every day. I'm evolving as a mom, as you know, a wife, as a, as a woman. And so I like to give myself the permission of what I'm doing today could be very different than what I'm doing in three years and how I do it. So for me, it's about learning having that mindset and investing in myself as the number one asset of the business. What is your definition of success? I would define success as feeling joy in the activities that you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I have absolutely found joy in literally every day of this last year. So when I find that joy and I tell people when they're creating content too, I tell them, listen, you're allowed to have some fun. You're allowed to have joy. And you know what? If you're not having any joy, we need to talk about how we can either get some or take away the things that aren't. So I know you said you're doing your podcast review. One of the things I have on my list of to-dos is what can I remove in 2023? What can I say no to that no longer brings me joy? And I also know that we can't just say, I don't want to do this anymore because it doesn't bring me joy, right? Or we would never do many of the things. Um, so I, I will say that really focusing on, is this something that is making me the best version of myself? And there are always going to be things that we don't want to do that don't bring us joy, like my admin work and my accounting. I don't like doing any of that. No, I need to, right? But for me, success is about feeling that joy in doing what I do every single day. Chelsea Pites on the show today. You can find her at ChelseaPites.com. That's P-E-I-T-Z. That's how you spell her last name, P-E-I-T. And I guess spell her first name because, you know, there's lots of different ways to spell that. C-H-E-L-S-E-A. So that's Chelsea Pites, P-E-I-T-Z. You can find her on Instagram at Chelsea.Pites, at Chelsea.Pites. And, uh, you know, doing a little pre-show work on this, looking up her feed on Instagram. Of course, we follow each other on Instagram. You should go follow her. She's got great content, but she's got about the same number of followers that I do. But her engagement on her reels 
is there's not even a comparison. Like I've got maybe three or four digits on mine. Yours are like all five digits. Like people are people definitely engaging. So her stuff works, folks. If you're interested in talking to Chelsea, you can reach out to her Chelsea at or at Chelsea.pites on Instagram or all social media probably. And then ChelseaPites.com. So you've got an offer to make for the listeners today too. So you want I'll give you a chance to do that. Absolutely. I would love to connect with you on Instagram. Please send me a direct message and let me know you came from listening to this show so that I can be sure to say thank you and respond. And on my Instagram, there is a link in my bio. And if you click that link, there are a ton of free goodies. One of them is a complete foundational course to Instagram, totally free, with several downloads within that course as well to help you get found by the right audience uh, and get followed on the first time. Time. And I also have a paid course called Real, R-E-E-L, as in Instagram Reels, Real Estate School that is all about creating engaging Instagram stories and Instagram Reels that are high performing and converting. Well, Chelsea, thank you for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We met at uh, through one of the masterminds that I'm part of, you're part of, Forward and with Neil Dingra. And uh, I'm really glad that we we met. I'm glad that you agreed to have me on your show and you come on my show. So thank you for sharing and dropping the knowledge. Comments over content. I think I'm going to name this show Comments Over Content, Confessions of a Content Coach. Because I, th- oh, <laughs> I think this, I is, love that. this is really yeah, this is good. This is really, really good. So this is that's the name of the show. But Chelsea, again, thank you for being on the show. Have a Merry Christmas and a happy 2023. Thank you. You as well. Well, there you have it. Another successful entrepreneur, albeit a newer entrepreneur. Most of the folks that I have on the show have been entrepreneurs for quite some time. Chelsea, not so much, but (laughs) once you become an entrepreneur, you don't want to go back. So Chelsea's story is really interesting about how she leveraged. She leveraged her knowledge of real estate, leveraged her knowledge of how the brain works, how brain science works with facial recognition and how we actually connect with people. And she took all that knowledge in real estate all her interest in how the brain works and how social media can can be a positive influence in connecting with people and decided to take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. And she said she would never, ever go back. She loves it. Um, some of the key points that we talked about today show her, her definition of success is feeling joy in the activities that you do every day. That's a great perspective. Um, of course, the title of the show came out of our conversation, Comments Over Content. And I think that's really one of the tactical things that you could take home t- today. I-, I know that I hire uh, Story, who is one of our uh, sponsors on this podcast. You can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to find out about what they do. But they post, they they edit and post my videos for me. Now, I'm not outsourcing the creation of the content. I'm outsourcing the editing and posting. But But what they only do a certain number of posts a month, and I've been trying to kind of beat myself up and getting the rest of those days posted. But, but in fact, as to, after talking to Chelsea today, I don't really need to do that. Instead, I need to spend time watching your stories. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go follow Chelsea. It's Chelsea.Pites. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A dot P-E-I-T-Z. Follow her. If you don't already follow me, I'm at the real Jason Duncan. Uh, and I got lots of uh, people out there that are trying to be me. I don't know what's going on. People trying to, uh, you know, say that, that they're me and I'm, they're not, but make sure it's just at the real Jason Duncan. That's it. So go file, follow both of us, DM both of us and say, Hey, I heard you and Chelsea talking on the root of all success. And we'll, we'll comment back. We'll, we'll, we'll communicate with you. And of course, Chelsea's got that free course on Instagram 
in her bio on LinkedIn. But I just want to say thank you again to listen, for listening to the show. Uh, this show is scheduled to release the Friday right before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you and your family, no matter where you are in the world. I hope that you have a great weekend celebrating Christmas with your family. I hope that you give everything you need to give and can give and you get what you truly want and need. Please tune in again next week when we talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.